Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include affordable housing, an interview with Ryan Carey, SVP of Change Wholesale on the wholesale landscape and how brokers are competing, and some M&A tidbits. How are some brokers getting an unfair advantage in today's market? The secret sauce is simple. Team up with a wholesale partner that will help you close more loans faster. With Change Wholesale's proprietary community mortgage program, there are no bank statements, employment, or DTI requirements. This allows brokers to deliver more prime loans to more creditworthy borrowers like small business owners, gig workers, retirees, and anyone else searching for home financing. Learn more about the community mortgage program and how Change can help you gain an unfair advantage by visiting changewholesale.com today. Did you know that June is homeownership month? Ginger Bee reminds us that the average homeowner will move up to 12 times in their life and on average will own three homes. Additionally, the median distance between the homes people purchased and those they moved from is just 15 miles. Create a customer for life with your service. Affordable housing fans should know that Habitat for Humanity and Wells Fargo recently partnered on building 350 affordable homes. Certainly, housing is a complicated issue, whether it involves nonprofits, public and private corporations, and the U.S. government. Attorney Brian Levy, in his most recent mortgage musings, questions the effectiveness of the federal government's housing policies. At the city level, in the last few months, I've spent a fair amount of time in New York City. Affordable housing there? Mm. One of the Biden administration's hoped-for improvements in our housing ecosystem, in Manhattan there exists a lottery system for those who qualify based on income, and the options mostly involve renting and not owning. For the links to those stories, as well as the latest employment and promotions, lender and broker software services and programs, and trainings and events, visit robchrisman.com. For today's interview, I wanted to welcome onto the show Ryan Carey, SVP of Change Wholesale. He entered the mortgage industry over 15 years ago as a real estate broker and eventually transitioned into third-party originations with an emphasis on non-traditional financing. Ryan has distinguished himself as a leader throughout his career with experience and passion for result-driven success. After just under a year with Change Wholesale, Ryan has developed and implemented new strategies to establish long-term objectives, become an invaluable mentor to change his team, and improve the overall efficiency of the wholesale department. When it comes to making a worthwhile change with industry impact, Ryan is ready to lead the way. Let's talk about the community mortgage and what it accomplishes, how change simplifies the loan process and gives access to more prime borrowers, and a couple questions on what's going on in the wholesale landscape in 2022. Uh, and I'd, I'd like to start with that. What are your thoughts on the current wholesale market? Generally speaking, I mean, living in the now, it's plastered all over the news. There's definitely uncertainty in capital markets. Um, home valuations are still going strong because of supply and demand, uh, but definitely we're in an uprate market. I see that as an opportunity for originators. And um, I, I definitely don't have that 2006, 2007 feeling, but we're definitely going through a change. Yeah, the wholesale channel has always been known for tighter margins than the other channels. And right now the market is more competitive than ever. So, so I would ask you, what can brokers do to separate themselves from the competition? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's a little bit more of a volume game, but for originators and for us specifically at Change Wholesale, the value proposition is to have a wide array of products, right? So in an uprate market, when rate and terms, earls, streamlines, et cetera, 
um, either go down or go away, depending on the originator. Uh, I think product selection and having a wide array of products and opportunities for not only the borrowers, but for their uh, for their partners in regards to referrals. So uh, I definitely think that uh, having a wide array of products, for example, non-agency, I think that's going to be the name of the game. And have you noticed companies expanding the products they offer and, and adding things like green programs or more uh, affordable housing programs, or are, are they dusting off programs that maybe their origination staff didn't know about? What's, what's the game plan? 100%. I mean, I, I think we all know in, in mid and late 2020, on some level, it was almost a resource issue where many originators, if, if it wasn't a, a fanny below 80% and it wasn't a rate term with minimum documentation, they just weren't interested. Um, and I think that's just because how many loans were flowing through the market uh, as, uh, as interest rates go up, obviously the originators change their focus to multiple products. So definitely we're seeing a massive amount of uh, interest and influx of new broker partners that uh, a year ago, just quite frankly, weren't interested. Yeah. What, with margins so small in the channel, what makes or breaks a successful uh, wholesale lender when it is a uprate environment? Is it the ability to, to scale up and down efficiently? Is it, what, what are the, the key metrics or, or uh, things you would deter, say determine the successful ones from the less successful ones? In regards to the value proposition to the originator, it's going to be product price and service, of course. But in regards to margins, obviously your ability to sell on the other side uh, in a productive uh, way is, is very important, but efficiency, right? Efficiency. And, and of course, scale helps with efficiency. So uh, how many days to fund for a loan is it when it enters the building? What's your pull through percentage, right? And that's all tied to educating your broker partners on what they need and how to navigate the platform and making sure that you have technology that can ensure it's not a, a root canal to get a loan done. For those who may not be familiar, can you explain what a CDFI is and how this designation from the U.S. Treasury helps change wholesale stand apart from someone's typical lending partner? Yeah, gladly. Uh, just to preface this, uh, and before I started working here, I had no idea what, what a CDFI was. So a CDFI is a Community Development Financial Institution. It's a designation from the U.S. Treasury, and effectively, it gives you, a, uh, it gives you an ability to do loans without ATR. So you have exemptions from Dodd-Frank and then again, specifically ATR. And then that is the toolbox that allows us to create products for prime borrowers that would otherwise be boxed out of the market. Uh, so for example, we have a community mortgage, which is a no income, no employment for primary and second home. You explain that a little more because you would think a prime borrower would not butt up against ATR boundaries. Yeah, you would think so. Um, obviously, I, I, I'm a fan of ATR on some level, right? I think it was a prudent move after what we all experienced through 2006 and 2007. Um, but when you talk about CDFI and the products that we're offering, is this is not that, right? So our equity positions are strong. Our max LTV is 80%. We have a minimum FICO score of 640 and then 680. Uh, we do require assets and reserves. We do obviously look at credit to make sure they're a credit-worthy borrower, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So these are not the, the Nina's 80-20s or the 228s with three-year prepay stated stated that I think everybody th might think of when they hear uh, us describe the community product. 
Yeah, let's let's talk a little bit more about the community mortgage. The branding on your site says it it helps brokers get an unfair advantage. Can you can you tell us how the community mortgage program addresses the market's changing landscape to help brokers expand their business and ultimately reach more borrowers? Yeah, definitely. Uh, but but first, I want to mention that so CDFI is a designation from the U.S. Treasury, and there's there's really only a handful of originators in the country that have the CDFI designation, and that's on purpose. That's intentional. Uh, we're the largest CDFI in the country. We're one of three, roughly, uh, wholesale CDFI lenders, three or four, let's let's call it. Uh, and then through that product, right, we're giving an unfair advantage to our broker partners as a value proposition because they can offer a product that is not widely available to the general market. Uh, and then to go back to prime borrowers, uh, when you talk about the box of ATR or just general agency financing, there's certain things that will eliminate their ability to qualify that community will open the door for. So for example, kind of the gig economy or somebody who's been self-employed for a year and a half and not two years, uh, someone who went through some sort of life event in the last two years, but they're otherwise financially solvent and earning money and have assets. Uh, so there's a lot of opportunity and you know, real life happens. Uh, and this loan has proven to be a great opportunity, not only for the borrowers, but for our brokers to expand their product set. Can you can you touch a little bit on how uh, the community mortgage actually helps brokers reach more borrowers? Yeah, so I mean, there's a lot of reasons why a borrower might not qualify. Um, so I'll stick with that, right? So there's kind of two. It's twofold. There's one is the marketing opportunity in terms of expanding their product set and getting to more borrowers that they otherwise wouldn't. And then there's just qualifying or not qualifying, and uh, not every application an originator takes. Uh, is going to qualify. And so obviously, if you have a borrower who's not qualifying for a, a general agency loan, um, a no income, no employment for a primary residence or second home is obviously going to open that door, right? And allow them to reach more borrowers. And then of course, when they're, when they're armed with that toolbox, they can reach out to their referral partners, realtors, CPAs, et cetera, uh, discuss the product, which is relatively simple, right? It's, it's almost like a, a one-liner, um, most of the time it's not explaining the product. It's, it's getting people to understand that this really exists. Uh, and when that happens, there's much more opportunity. Makes sense. Ryan, thanks for uh, making the time and coming on to talk to me today. I enjoyed this and, uh, hopefully our listeners, uh, really see the benefit in, in working with change wholesale. Absolutely. Thank you for your time, Robbie. Let's talk about M&A for a minute. Garth Graham, senior partner at Stratmore, who recently put together the Planet Home Lending Home Point deal, observed, In a market like this, we expect to see industry consolidation. Planet Home Lending is being opportunistic as being one of the first to seize scale benefits in the TPO space. Planet could double its market share in correspondent and likely be a top 5 or top 10 player this year. Management is taking advantage of the market dynamics in a way I expect to see others follow. The M&A market is very hot, similar to the numbers from 2018. In 2018, there were 33 deals. Then it started to drop as the market improved, and only 13 deals in 2020 during the COVID boom. Last year, we were up to 29 deals as the market softened, and this year will likely be over 40 with a large pipeline of active buyers and conversations with a lot of sellers given the first quarter earnings performance from mortgage bankers. Deals can be put together in less than 90 days like the Homepoint and Planet deal. The challenge is when the sellers wait too long to get started. Thanks, Garth. It's already Wednesday, but let's take a glance back to last week as a refresher. New home sales are feeling the effects of higher mortgage rates as they fell 16.6% in April. 
with the median new home selling for $450,600 and the average 30-year fixed rate near 5.125%. New home sales saw their second consecutive double-digit monthly drop as some buyers retreat to the sidelines. Existing home sales fell 2.4% in April. However, the median home price was almost 60 k lower at $391,200. Existing inventory remains tight at 2.2 months, slightly higher than the 1.9 months in March. Existing homes continue to sell quickly, 17 days, with prices up 14.8% from April of 2021. The other news from last week was the second quarter's updated GDP release, showing that businesses continue to invest in equipment to offset increasing labor costs and a lack of qualified candidates. Consumer spending also showed resilience in the face of rising prices, although incomes are not rising as quickly, leading many consumers to dip into savings or credit to satisfy demand. Meanwhile, the Fed is expected to keep pushing the brakes on the economy with continued rate hikes until a meaningful pullback in demand occurs. Yesterday, U.S. President Biden met with Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell and Treasury Secretary Yellen in a rare meeting. The message? The White House will give the Fed space to deal with inflation. The Fed is attempting to bring down inflation while maintaining a strong economy, and Powell reiterated the Fed's commitment to fulfilling its dual mandate of price stability and maximum employment, noting that maximum employment has been achieved. Optimists say that a small increase in unemployment is a plausible outcome to policy tightening. The consensus is that the Fed is committed to hiking by 50 basis points at the June meeting and another 50 at the July meeting. What is very impactful to the mortgage industry is home prices, and yesterday we learned that the FHFA housing price index rose 18.7% year-over-year in March, showing higher mortgage rates had not yet translated into slower price gains. The S&P Case-Shiller Home Price Index was up 21.2% year-over-year as home price growth in 20 U.S. cities picked up for the fourth straight month. We've already seen today that mortgage applications decreased 2.3% from one week earlier, according to data from MBA, even as mortgage rates fell for the fourth time in five weeks. Refinances continue to shrink from when rates were more than 200 basis points lower, and mortgage applications as a whole are at the lowest level since December 2018. Later this morning brings final May S&P Global Manufacturing PMI, May ISM Manufacturing PMI, May Construction Spending, and April Jolt's Job Openings. Before the Fed enters its blackout period, we will receive remarks from New York Fed President Williams and St. Louis Fed President Bullard, as well as the latest Beige Book this afternoon. The New York Fed desk will purchase, reinvesting prepayments, obviously, up to $1.7 billion in conventional MBS, 15-year 3% through 4%, and 30-year 3.5% through 4.5% today. We begin the day with agency MBS prices worse a few 30 seconds, and the 10-year yielding 2.86 after closing yesterday at 2.84%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. An old lady handed her bank card to the teller and said, I'd like to withdraw $10. The teller told her, for withdrawals less than 100 please use the ATM. The old lady wanted to know why. The teller returned her bank card and irritably told her, these are the rules. Please leave if there is no further matter. There are a line of customers behind you. The old lady remained silent for a few seconds, handed her card back to the teller and said, please help me withdraw all the money I have. The teller was astonished when she checked the account balance. She nodded her head leaned down and respectfully told her, you have $300,000 in your account, but the bank doesn't have that much cash currently. Could you make an appointment and come back again tomorrow? The old lady asked how much she could withdraw immediately. The teller told her any amount up to $3,000. Well, please let me have $3,000 now. The teller kindly handed over $3,000, very friendly and with a smile to her. The old lady put $10 in her purse and asked the teller to deposit the $2,990 back into her account. The moral of the story is, Don't be difficult with old people. They spend a lifetime learning skills like this.
Thanks again to today's podcast sponsor, Change Wholesale, with its proprietary community mortgage program. There are no bank statements, employment, or DTI requirements allowing brokers to deliver more prime loans to more creditworthy borrowers like small business owners, gig workers, retirees, and anyone else searching for home financing. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.